Podcast. I'm hearing so many clients meet people from past lives now and soulmates and twin flames, whether you agree with not just meeting connected, faded love. And it's like, yeah. And they're like, we're on, we're on the fast track here. (laughs) Welcome to the cosmic love antenna podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode, another installment, another deep dive down the energetic and loving rabbit hole of the cosmic love antenna. The space, this this conversation, the you know container where I, your host, Harrison, really you know, with, with, with collaboration with these beautiful guests that I bring on, we really ignite that beautiful love that is inside of us, but also project it outwards. And today I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm, my hands are shaking a little bit to really introduce this, this beautiful soul to you. Shireen, who is a dear friend, a powerful colleague, a mentor in many ways, is an inner mind specialist. She's an energetic trauma coach. She's an autoimmune transformational guru, but she is so much more than that. In my journey thus far, in the in the short amount of time that we've known each other, in this lifetime at least, uh, she has really shown me what it means to be a powerful spiritual energetic being, put very simply. And that is really the crux of what we're going to get into today. What does that energetic being say to us? How does it express itself to us? How does it come out in the many different ways, not just to help us with healing, not just to heal us with transformation, but to help us remember what we actually are? So with that, Shireen, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. You have the best introductions. <laughs> like I was sitting there like ready to grab some popcorn and just enjoy the show. Like this is awesome. I love how you've introduced yourself and as well as myself and congratulations on creating something a container expanding of the holding space really and so i'm very happy that you have uh started this endeavor and thank you for having me well well shireen you're so welcome and i have you to thank you are one of the the big elements that finally allowed me to you know lean into this right to 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 lovingly push myself this has been the podcast idea has been something that's been in the back of my mind for a while but uh getting to spend time with you getting to spend time on your podcast seeing uh, me make mind, my mistakes <laughs> be there with you right feel your energy uh it's allowed me to do this so thank you you're a big you're a big role in this so i want to where i want to start this chat is where i've been starting all of my chats so far is sort of getting to getting to the base of what the love is that you bring to this world. And I would, I would encourage people to go, your podcast is called the inner mind podcast, right? The inner mind, yeah, the inner mind podcast. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I would definitely, first of all, push people over to that platform and listen to your beautiful voice and all the people that you bring on to get a gist of who you are. But I want to, I'm going to be selfish here and I want some of the Shireen goodness. So 
I would love to maybe start this with all the things that you're doing in this world right now. It started some way, right? It began with a origin story. So I want to hear a little bit about the origin story, but specifically from the lens of the big pain teachers that you went through, right? So for example, the autoimmune challenges that you faced, the passing of your father, the, the gifts that came to you at a young age, just some examples. I'll pass to you, Shreen. Well, I think the first thing that I did was I chose earth. <laughs> that was my first mistake. Um, you know, that was the fir- first pain lesson was really coming into this world um, and realizing this world is not all about me. So experiencing the ego um, and the shadow self right away. Um because I, I do believe in astrology and I think it's interesting. I, you know, I'm not going to say astrology is the be all end all and what makes up our personality because we can also spiritual bypass using astrology. But, you know, I think it's funny that I did come in as a Leo, the lion, and I also have an Aries moon, which is very, also a fire sign that's very assertive. And then I have Virgo, which is all about the mind and critical thinking. And so I think that's really unique, but yeah, to answer your question, you know, or to explain a little bit about my journey and the life lessons I've learned. Um, is that what you want to know? Like you said love and I got lost with love. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think I bring love well, to the world. I came here with a specific message to ignite radical change. There's no love in that. <laughs> Shereen, you can't do it wrong. So whatever yeah. came up, whatever came up out of that question, I want you to lean into, but the intention of that of that sort of prompt there was to give a bit of give a bit of background to the loving light that you now share in the world right because you know from my as an example right uh, you know a part of my journey a big part of it was the pain teacher coming in in many ways to help me shine my light and i know for you you've had the pain teacher show yeah. up many times so i think the the pain teacher has been for me choice in that i i have naturally so i am a free spirit um, I always colored outside the lines. I don't want to say black sheep because I know a lot of people are like, I'm the black sheep. I, I, no, no, no. I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Um, I, I was not a black sheep, but I definitely colored outside the lines and I wanted to do good. And I wanted to please my parents and I wanted to help other people. And when I was five, I told my dad that for those who don't know, my parents were missionaries when I was three and four, we were missionaries in Singapore. Like we were grew up in a Christian home. Like, I grew up around culture and you love people and you need to accept people and you need to help people. So I grew up in a very philanthropist environment. And so by the time I was five, I told my dad that I wanted to be a doctor and go to Africa to save the babies in Africa, you know? Um, and it was great because I, I really appreciate what my family taught me about culture because it's underrated today. Um, I don't understand racism because I grew up in that environment where skin color didn't matter. And race didn't matter. In fact, you need to honor anybody that has a diff- is different than you because you can learn from them. So that's been beautiful. Along that, though, you know, I learned, I've learned a choice in that this world is not particularly fun at times. And we are handed, we, are, we, cho- we choose, but we are also handed lessons and learnings. And we get to decide how we react to those or how we respond. And so both of my parents have had cancer which um, my mom had cancer when I was 12, 
which was pretty traumatic because I was coming into a woman and she was experiencing endometrial cancer. So that was scary. And then, you know, thankfully she willed it away. I, I, I swear she did. I think she just was like, I'm not doing this. We're done. Um, and has been in remission for 25 plus years. And then my father was not so lucky. And then at the age of 27, um, was diagnosed with metastatic melanoma. And I was supposed to go into med school. Isn't that ironic how it was like, you know, my father and I had a very special bond and, um, he wanted to be a doctor and he didn't He became an accountant. And I knew secretly he wanted me to be a doctor and we just get geeked out on that kind of stuff. And so he was so happy that I was moving in that direction. However, when you're watching a love loan die in a hospice, you kind of change your mind. Um, well, first things first, I had a choice in whether I wanted to participate in his death or not. And I chose, yes. Um, I chose, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to witness it. I wanted to be there from to the very end. Um, and I'm very happy that I did because it actually taught me so much about the meaning of life. Um, for those of you that have loved a lost, loved, sorry, lost a loved one or taken care of a loved one who's been very chronically ill, you understand that it puts your perspective on life differently. So that was my, you know, kind of my experience. And after that, I kind of said, I don't want to be a doctor. But you can't ever, like, you can't run away from your purpose. You can't run away from that one contract that you need to complete here on earth. And that is, I, I believe I am a healer through and through. I believe I did come to ignite change to stand out. I'm a catalyst. Um, I rub people the wrong way and for the, in a good direction, I've learned <laughs> in a good direction. Cause I didn't like that for a while. I was like, I feel like I'm just a shit disturber. This is not good. And then I kind of had a sit down with a couple of my spiritual guides and was like, okay, I am not doing this shit disturbing thing anymore. It's just going to be love and light freedom stuff. And it's going to help people in a good way, but it may feel like I'm shit disturbing, but no. Um, it's, it's funny. It's sorry yeah. to interrupt you, Shereen, but it's funny. I had to jump in here because that's actually how we met. Right? Oh we yeah. Met right. Through, through you, Triggering you. disturbing me deeply, deeply, like very, that's how most people very deeply. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, and how you it, doing? And they're like, oh my god, why? And so it's it's interesting. I want to I want to bring it back here, and I want to go into a certain direction. But you know, you started, you came into this discussion saying, you know, the first mistake I made was reincarnating here in this human experience, and you were semi joking, but semi not. But it's interesting to contrast that to what you just shared about all these beautiful lessons and moments of expansion that you've had through, you know, your childhood, through the, through the, you know, not becoming the doctor and and your dad passing on and you didn't speak about it, but also your autoimmune conditions. And it's really interesting to contrast that because while, and I know you're a big advocate for this, this idea of pain versus suffering, right. And how suffering is really a choice, but pain is inevitable. And how if we can lean into that and shift that mindset, then those moments of the pain teacher coming in are really a point of not only expansion, but when we can look back, we can start to see, and it's so cliche to say, but it's so true, right? Ah, that's what's happening, right? I'm seeing these little, seeing these little breadcrumbs and these things tie together now for the person that I am and shining my light here. I I want to take it back. And you, you said something that I haven't heard you speak to before. And I and and, it, and as soon as you said, I was like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense. I didn't know your parents were missionaries. Mm. And that 
that uh, we might get into this later, but I want to, this goes into the next question I want to ask you, and it's about spiritual gifts. It's about growing up with, with spiritual gifts. And I want to throw it to you here and maybe reflect and share with the people listening, because I know, you know, a big intention of this podcast that I'm making is that cosmic love antenna. And part of that cosmic love antenna that we ignite within us is realizing that we are not just human being, we are a powerful spiritual being with many gifts that we need to share with the world. So for you, Shireen, growing up, especially in that missionary, uh, Christian, religious at times environment, what was it like juxtaposing that with the obvious gifts that were wanting to flourish? I found it, I was very confused. I think I still am very confused. I am very confused at some of the way we do things in life. I am like, I do not understand this. I have a lot of spiritual mentors to help me understand things. But as a child, I remember being three years old and there was a jungle across the street because it's Singapore and in the complex we were living. And there was Black Panthers there. there. I, I was fearless. Like I would run off on my own at three years old. Think of like your cul-de-sac complex. And my mom was, I think she was teaching, like doing some preschool stuff. And my dad was an accountant. So he was working in this super cold air conditioned office where you didn't want to go in because there they keep it so freaking cold. Whereas, yeah, it was too cold for us. Anyways, I don't know why that that's the memory I have. I, I remember running across the street to this jungle. And there would be like, you would see like panthers walking around and like peacocks and like ants and like, and I would be fearless walking around being like, I just want to commune with them. And my parents were like, no danger, you know? And then I would begin to dance and I would dance in the parking lot and it was with the fairies and I would dance with the birds and the fairies. And I would explain this to them and they were like, okay, that's enough. Like, like what? you know, they thought I was hallucinating a lot of the time. I honestly thought I was hallucinating a lot of the time. I had a very vivid imagination and I saw things very clearly. I could see people's auras. I could see, I could predict people's, um, like I I could predict people's age. I could predict their death. I, I, I just knew stuff and I just thought this was normal. And then I would say things inappropriately because it was so normal for me. I'm like, oh, cool. You're going to have a son one day and you're going to get in a fight with him and then you're going to get in a car accident, but you'll be okay. And like, what? Like, that's not really appropriate today when you're, let alone being five years old, let alone being in a church. So I, I don't know. I just like, thank God I came with a free spirit because I didn't really care. It wasn't until I began to be groomed or programmed in, you know, school, like, uh, and that it was not cool to shine your light. It was not cool to stand out and stand up for something. It was not cool to talk about religion, spirit, spirituality, any of that stuff. And I kind of shut down in junior high and went through a really dark phase and was really angry, really angry. And, um, continued to shut down until I was 21. And then I, I went to a spiritual Bible school that was open to this type of giftings, um, you know, the school of the prophetic and where they began to accept that you, you do these things, you know, the mystics, the school of the mystics mm-hmm. in Christianity. So I went there and it was like somebody just lit a torch and it was like all the gifts just blew up in my face. And I didn't like it because people were only drawn to my gifts. They did not care about who I was, what like 
they didn't, they didn't want a relationship with me. They wanted me to tell them their future. They wanted me to, you know, tell them the secrets of the, the world and all this stuff, interpret languages and all this weird stuff. And I just, yeah, it wasn't my thing. Um, sorry, that was, but you know, uh, no, needless to say, I've was... come back and I've embraced it because I had to uh, identify what it means to me, what these gifts mean to me and what, it, you know, well, how do I use them now? And honestly, I've learned that the biggest thing for these gifts are for me, right? Like the, as much as we come to earth being like, I'm going to heal the world and I'm going to help everybody. Like, you know, this Harrison, the biggest tools that we're giving to people are really for us, right? <laughs> because we need it. And so I needed those spiritual gifts to navigate and figure stuff out, not necessarily to help other people, but I mean, in the byproduct, it is that way now, but. And that's the, so, so, so important. So three, I want to hit on three things here and because this is your story, your example. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you other than the fact that it's, we always have such a good time together is because there's so much value in this, in that example, in that story that you just gave. First of all, I think it everything always has to begin with us, right? That's the main intent of the cosmic love antenna. Yeah. Right. I before we like the, the self-love journey needs to begin first. And then the byproduct is that radiant life spreading out to impact others. Right. But I want to go back to, you know, you talking about these gifts and I, I try to make this very clear for every single person that, you know, hears these kinds of discussions is that this is not a Shireen thing. This is not a Harrison thing. This is an everyone thing. Mm -hmm. We all have these beautiful, powerful gifts inside of us. And yes, some of us are born with a sort of spectrum, you know, being somewhere like I think of a bar, right. And these gifts are on a bar and, and some of us are born more sort of attuned than others, but we all have the accessibility to that bar to increase it if we decide. And then there's religion. <laughs> and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna use this as a teaching moment. And I where we might be doing a room today on Clubhouse. You know, this 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 episode's probably gonna come out later, but we're gonna do a room today on Clubhouse, maybe talking about this. And it's this idea of, and I wanna be wanna make this very clear here and put a disclaimer, is I respect and love your where you're at on your journey and what belief system you currently have. But in Shireen's story, she made a distinction between the, let's call it the sort of man-focused man corporatization of religion and the mystical side of religion, right? And a lot of people don't make that distinction, right? A lot of people go straight from emotional... Um, you know, religious trauma to atheism. And they don't realize that there is a, there is a deeper found foundation in most religious views, right? Whether it's Catholicism, Christianity, whether it's, you know, the Islam faith with Sufism, whether it's in the, in the, in the, in the Jewish faith, there is a deep spiritual mystical foundation that is often where that deep unconditional love sits, but we don't see it because we get lost in the religious trauma from the man-made corporate perspective. Mm. Does that resonate? Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yes. You know, I agree with that very much. So I, I will say, I do think it has evolved over the years. It's had to, the church has been forced to because so many people have gone to the quote unquote new age. And how many people do we see in our clubhouse that are devout 
you know, Catholic, Christian, whatever, but they want different answers and the church isn't giving it to them because, well, past lives doesn't exist, right? Or uh, this ancestral healing, well, that's different, you know, like, and so I think, I think the church has been forced to evolve and religions have been forced to evolve, but not in a loving way. <laughs> it's still very um, in a mm, condemning way, I would say, with some, some shame there. Yeah. It's deep, right? <laughs> and we might have to, and I'm already projecting, you know, when I, when I bring you on in the future, I think we might do an episode where we just talk about this topic alone because there are so many little alleyways we could take it. But um, I'll leave it here and I want to switch to another element that I want to hit on. But just from that, just I want to leave with that religious conversation with the idea that it's fundamentally very deep within each and every one of us, right? We talk about the inner child a lot and we'll probably get to that today a little bit. But the inner child is an archetype. But also we forget that there is an archetype that we have with God, Mm -hmm. right? It's the Imago Dei archetype. And that is the archetype that exists in every single one of us. So if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, but you know, I didn't grow up in a religious household. So there's no, there's no wounds. There's no, there's no, you know, conflict within me that I have to move through. Yes. Maybe not in this lifetime, but in the many lives that you've lived around this planet, uh, there's probably something deep entrenched within you that wants to be voiced. Well, and I will say, and I know, you know, this is that logical levels and the levels of consciousness government and religion are in the same frequency they're on the same logical level mm. so even though people don't have mm. oh religious trauma i would say you do it's just in a different institution sorry didn't yep. mean to interrupt you yep. no 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 and that's this is why i want to do another episode because that just that little point right the the connection between government and religion uh is a whole thing but let's i want to segue here i was talking about sort of maybe not in this lifetime but uh, in past lifetimes. And I think that's a beautiful transition to another topic that I know that you are very versed around. Yeah. And one of, one of the things that really pulled me to your, pulled me energetically to you in the first place was this idea of not just ancestral healing, but, you know, reincarnation and, you know, doing past life regressions and all of these, you know, powerful tools that most of us don't even realize are a thing. So I want to, pass it to you now Shireen to maybe speak to how the impact what the impact has been of either sort of ancestral healing reincarnation you know past life regression why is that an important conversation for us to have as humans (laughs) that's like being asked to bake a cake and not understanding what flour does like Mm. like or what what flour is um I feel honestly past lives has been the missing piece to a lot of the puzzles in my life. I would say a big portion, especially when it comes to relationships. And you've heard me say this, and I know you agree. Relationships are the hardest thing you will do in this life. And yet we are clueless on how to do them. And uh, the models that we have are not great out there and the frameworks that we're given. And so for me, understanding why this relationship is playing out or if there was a previous context to this relationship has been astronomical in my healing, as well as just navigating earth. Um, I think everybody in my life is pretty much from a past life. And I'm seeing that more and more one, because I think people are wanting to, to reconnect with their soul tribe, but two, um, 
because there's, there's just so much we need to learn in a short amount of time. And there's, we, we are evolving and we need to complete things faster, I think. And so it's kind of like, I'm hearing so many clients meet people from past lives now and soulmates and twin flames, whether you agree with not just meeting connected, faded love. And it's like, yeah. And they're like, we're on, we're on the fast track here. (laughs) So past lives really. Let's let's hit on that, Shireen. Sorry to interrupt you, but let's hit on that point specifically, the fast track, because that is something that I am personally fascinating when I, so, you know, I I do this kind of work too, not to the extent that you dive deeper into it, but I bring it into the the coaching that I do with people because it's just been so powerful for me and I want to share it with others. But this idea that at the moment, right, and I don't need to tell people right now that we're obviously going through a lot of shit (laughs) in the world. And I, I think this ancestral, you know, past life element is playing a very important role in which the collective situation is trying to resolve itself. So I'm wondering if you can speak to this quickening, Shireen, and I want to give an example here, right? There's, and I think it's maybe you shared this with me or maybe I heard it from another practitioner or both, right? It's this idea there that a lot of people that died in, you know, the, the wars in the earliest, in the start of the century, even around 9-11, all of these events, a lot of those people, right, and now instead of usually in the past, and maybe you can correct me yeah. on this, Shireen, in the past we skipped a couple, we waited a bit of time, but now in this past century with all these events that caused a lot of death, all of those souls are now coming back to be here in this moment yeah, in time. So yes. speak to that. Yeah, usually, you know, from what I've learned and yeah, there's different teachings out there from my, my spiritual mentors, what they've taught me, and my own experience too, I would, has been, it's usually a 50 to 80 year to a hundred year gap, um, between lives. And in the last 20, 30 years, even 40 years, it's been a quickening of like five, 10, 20 year turnaround, even sometimes sooner. Um, I have colleagues that are confirming it's like, you know, with, within five years, you're seeing, you can, you can run into that person again, that soul again in this lifetime, which is crazy. And I think it is because one, we consciousness is evolving so fast to the damage and the pain lessons are more severe uh, than ever before. And so they're needing, there needs to be more help. There needs to be more guidance. There needs to be more understanding. And again, more evolution, more, more teachers, more, just more of a a desire to get it, to get it right, to figure it out, to, to, to evolve. So, um, that, yeah, I have been seeing that and it is, it is crazy. Does that answer your question? It does, Serene. And I take it back to what you said at the start of this episode and also what we've been saying offline over the last 24 hours, you know, why am I here? Why am I doing this again? That's why. Right. That's why. And I, I feel it in my soul. I feel like that's a big part of, I haven't, you know, I haven't spent too much time and I, I want to, it's on my list of things, doing a couple of regressions and realizing, but I already know a big part of my incarnation here is to really help with the collective pain that is going on. Right. So I, I I share this for people listening because I don't think Shireen 
is alone in this feeling of, you know, why, did, why am I having to do this again? Right. Why, why am I, why am I here? Why did I make this choice? And I think a big part of it is that collective support that us as, you know, if you want to call it older souls, wiser souls, you know, people that have been around a couple of times, they're here to support the people that haven't. Right. I, I give a little anecdote from my life and I, and I hope that my, my dad or my mom listen to this because I'd love to, I've never explained this to them before, but I look at, I look at them, right. And I, and I, I've spent a big part of my life learning a lot from them, but there are also moments in time where I've realized, wait, I know what to say here more than what they know. Right. And I've wondered why, but why is that? Why, why is that outside of the education system, outside of, you know, knowing maths and geography and all these things? not your first rodeo. uh, Yes, exactly. Right. And uh, this goes back to the spiritual gifts. The more that you lean into this, the more that it expands, right? The more that that realization in all of its little facets through the spiritual being that we are expands beyond what we even perceive as real. So on that note, Shireen, I want to shift gears again. And the shifting here, I'm trying to make a theme of something that I know that, again, I know that you speak to very heavily. It's this, it's this spiritual being that expresses itself through our body in many different ways. And one of the other topics that I really enjoy listening to you speak about, Shireen, and we've hosted rooms and discussions around this is entities. Oh, boy. Right. And is... and. <laughs> is this idea of our relationship with, and I'll, I'll maybe let you explain what an entity is, but our relationship with these both positive and loving and also not so loving beings, uh, spirits, you know, energies around us that can impact us mm. in ways that we don't realize. So I want to throw it to you, Shireen, maybe speak about how did you begin this kind of work, right? Because I know your work that you do, but how did you begin interacting with entities? Maybe explain what they are as well. So this is really interesting. Uh, it's so funny, the, the path that we choose and the families that we choose. And I know like we've talked about this, like your parents you've chosen, my parents and you know, so I, my parents were missionaries and understand that Western culture is the only culture that does not put an emphasis on the spiritual realm, right. Or death, right. We are the only culture in society. That's like, meh, it's all physical. We live very in the 3d and in other cultures, Eastern cultures or around the world, I, you know, I hear we were in Singapore is much different. You don't walk on cracks. You don't, wear red on certain days. You don't go through that door. You never go through a South facing door. Like there was so much that I learned over there from my family culturally and spiritually that there are, there's another realm. It wasn't just baby Jesus in a manger. It was, you know, there are beings that can do things. And I remember my parents, we came home and my parents, of course, gathered all the little artifacts they could, you know, the wood artifacts of the carved monkeys and, you know, all the rugs they had it shipped over. And within, I was too young to know this. My mom told me about this afterwards, or my dad did. I can't remember who within a few weeks of them coming back to North America, to Canada and setting up house and having these artifacts around the house, 
they started falling off the wall. They started, the house started to shake. Things started to happen. There was a spiritual realm that was not happy that they had brought artifacts back from Singapore to Canada. And my mom said within a week, they took everything out and burned all of it. And they were like, our bad, you know, spiritual appropriation was not discussed back then. And, you know, there was definitely, they'd be, and so I, I was taught at a young age that like th- there is a spirit realm. And then we, my parents learned about spiritual warfare in the church. They did, they did the best they could. I mean, unfortunately it was very much like demons and possession, which is kind of scary, but I also had those experiences where, um, you know, things in my room moved and, you know, the things that like there, there was, I learned very quickly about spiritual possession and do I believe that today? Not so much, but I believe that there are entities. And so I, I think I was thrown into it. I don't know if I was like, I didn't take any course or anything like that. And then, you know, in my awakening through my autoimmune diseases and healing myself and going plant-based and vegan, raw vegan for those and doing enzyme therapy, I had a massive awakening of understanding the spiritual realm on a whole nother level. I had always naturally had that ability. And then because of my upbringing, but it like, it was like, I understood plant medicine. I understood that there were these beings and entities and all kinds of, you name it out there that we don't even talk about. And so I began, I just kind of naturally fell in my lap and I had the authority and empower. And again, I just, I was so fearless when I was little, I just was so fearless that like, you know, a demon coming and sitting in front of me, I'd be like, what do you want? Like, (laughs) I just don't get scared. I mean, it doesn't, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to be in that position you know, did it scare the shit out of me when my slippers started talking and moving around the room? Absolutely. Um, but now that I know how to handle it, it doesn't scare me because it's a very real realm. Um, so that was kind of how I got into understanding entities and, and then became, then I sought out spiritual mentors who kind of taught me some things like categories. Like I didn't have names like egregores and thought forms and morphic pattern fields. and stuff. I didn't have the language to put to the things that I knew and had experienced that came in only in the last five, 10 years um, that I was like, Oh, and then I bought like some, some great books about talk, talk about, you know, um, uh, theology of egregores and mystic beings and mythology and Greek mythology and uh, Norse mythology. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of my, my journey and my introduction, I guess. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful, Shereen, and thank you for sharing it. And there's a couple things I want to pull out there, what you just said, because if you're new to this topic, everything that Shereen just said was like, what, what are you talking about? That is, that, that, that is so, there's so much to that. And let me, I want to break a couple things down. And it's, it's interesting that you keep going back to that childhood experience, Shereen of you being fearless. And I actually don't think fearless is the right word. I think it's, you're more aligned to the truth and the reality of the universe yeah. when you are a child and, and in relation to entities, you know, that there's nothing, you are the most powerful being in your experience. And when you realize when you are aware of that power, which we are as children, you realize that no external element has control over you unless you give that control to them. Right. And this applies to the entity conversation. And I want to 
I want to share now, just to give a bit of more context here, the reason I love this topic and why I wanted to stream to open up about it is that when we talk about our holistic health, right, and, and that's a big part of the sort of, sort of cosmic love and tenor transformation that I help with people, is that we often forget about this side of spiritual healing, right, this entity, you know, entity conversation. And I want to give a definition here from um, one of my mentors, Mr. Paul Check, and he really defined, really puts a framework on this entity topic to maybe give new people here a a place to go from and the definition that he stands with is an entity is any locus of consciousness outside the individual self or ego structure which is important in itself outside the ego structure that can interact with the host as another often coming from within the perceiver meaning outside the ego structure or a locus of consciousness external interacting with the perceiver as another. Okay. I want to pause you for one second, Harrison, because people need to understand this is we give power to definitions. We give power to things in our life because I don't hear any fear in that. I don't hear evil, not, you know, I don't hear good or bad. I don't hear the duality there. I hear the basic principle of what creates, you know, an entity, which we do. We, because of our perception, because you just said our internal representation. Yeah. You know, because if I took, if I took my cell phone to the Amazonian jungle, they would think it's a demon or some Mm -hmm. weird. And that. And they would create a very real demon around that exactly. that phone, which would then impact people I rem- if they decided it to. I remember I yep. had a great spiritual mentor and he taught me a lot. He was so far advanced beyond this world, like so far. And like he said to me, he goes, he had no Christian background. Um, and he said, I really wish Christians would stop creating the Antichrist. I don't know how many times I have to destroy that thought pattern. <sighs> And I'm like, what? And he goes, like, seriously, guys, like, stop creating demons because you're creating them by telling them they are there and by creating them by saying they do this. Oh, this is a this is the Jezebel spirit. Okay, well, now she's this promiscuous woman that taunts men and takes steals your husband and is and is lustful. Well, actually, no, it was just, you know, a healthy form of sexuality that may be unfamiliar for you that you created a rule around and now it's a demon. And I was like, oh my gosh. So he taught me the definition of what you just said. So I wanted to point that out because we have power people, we have power over what we create, you know? And it's like, you know, was that figure in my room haunting me or was that there to guide me and teach me about something else? You know, and, and I'm unfortunately, again, we're society, like in society, we are programmed to think good and evil. We are the most dualistic society ever. Right. And I don't I'm not saying that it's all love and light and everything is good. But I feel that, you know, the polarization, we go really far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I, we don't yeah. need to go so far. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, so many different directions we could take this, but I, I, I want to add two more points here, and then we'll. I want to shift into another topic because, again, if you're listening to this chat, you're realizing now the the reason why I love this beautiful person so much is that she, 
goes into so many of these different areas that not only resonate with me, but that I truly believe are so needed in the world, for, at least from the spiritual perspective. We haven't talked about anything physical, right? I am, um, you know, you talked about the, and I can't not speak to this because I just think it's so important for people to hear what you said about the, the religious thought forms. And I want people to realize that you gave the example of the antichrist and Satan and, and the devil, but it also exists on the other side with, you know, the, the loving beings that have impact over us. Right. So I want to be very clear here. I, I believe that there was a powerful mystical man called Jesus Christ. I believe that there was one. And I believe that, you know, that's a whole other conversation. We could talk about the origin of the man that was, you know, I don't think Jesus was his actual name anyway, but there is also an equal and I would say even more powerful thought form that is Jesus Christ that impacts its way through the, the bigger, the bigger, you could even call it a thought form in itself, which would be an egregore. That is the Christian Catholic Catholic structure. And I bring this up to really stimulate people listening and ask yourself, you know, how much power does that thought form have over me? And more importantly, how much power can I take back if I'm realizing that that thought, that thought form is not serving me? Does it make oh, sense? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I'm a hundred percent there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How much, um, how much power are we giving to the, the things in our life? Like the, really, I, I wonder if like fear truly exists or if it's just something we've created to protect ourselves. Mm. Sounds like a good title of the next conversation. Right? Yeah. Um, let me, I want to hit on some other things here before we finish. I want to be mindful of your energy, but I want to, I want to take this chat now into one more sort of final direction before we have to finish up here. And it's interesting because we've, we've hit on this throughout the topic, throughout this conversation. And, and I think this is a good full stop. And it's actually one of the things that first pulled to me, pulled me to you. So after I was sort of moving through the the triggers that you were causing in me, right? By the and, way, can you give some context? Put, I did not do anything wrong. No, you didn't. Okay, you did not. You were just bad. being beautiful. You were being beautifully you, but I was having issues with that, right? Just so, just to make this clear, if you ever have problems with someone external, look, reflect that back inwards, right? Just to give a little bit of advice here for people listening around emotional healing, right? If something is triggering you. I'm yet to find a situation where it's actually that external element that's the cause. And it's really just the thing that's inside of you that wants to be seen. So first of all that, but going back after I was, when I was moving through these, these triggers that I was having with you, Shereen, the thing that was a really guiding light was your conversation around pain versus suffering. Mm. Right. And I, I vividly remember you getting on your soapbox in a room that we were in and going into this very passionate rant about how suffering is a choice. Mm -hmm. So I'd love, I'd love to throw it to you here now to maybe speak to this idea of pain versus suffering and maybe how it's sort of moved through your experience. What did I say? <laughs> um, it was, a, I think it was a question. Someone was asking a uh, question and then you, you just 
Let me speak to this for a second. <laughs> pain, yeah. So pain is warranted. Pain is, you know, is a physiological occurrence that happens in our body and it is meant to be. We are born to experience it. Um, however, suffering is taught, I believe. Suffering, because, and here's the thing, you know, just, just in my background in psychology and hypnotherapy, understanding that from a neuroscience background, like pain doesn't need to be felt for the debate is like nine seconds. I've heard some people say 90 seconds for the feedback loop to kick in, but like physical pain does not need to be felt for more than 90 seconds. And our cells and body can reproduce themselves within 18 months. Like you can grow a whole spinal cord within 18 months. So then why do we experience pain? Right. And I know we could go into, or why do we experience suffering really? Cause pain, I think is suffering is prolonged pain. Right. And, you know, that's just looking at the physiological point and I won't go down that rabbit hole because there's reasons for that. I mean, we can go into the fight or flight response or the energetic imprint, all that stuff, but suffering is something that we've been taught. We've been taught in society that it's very noble to suffer. Like you will great, and even sorry, but religions teaches us too perseverance, right? I remember my, I almost, I almost got tattooed on my arm, the word perseverance and resilience, you know, like, you know, that I, the longer I experience this painful process, the more resilient it tells me who I am. That's just a freaking story that you're making in your head and suffering becomes such a noble thing in society. Oh, I had such a busy week, you know, I'm exhausted. Oh, like you don't know what it's like. We love to throw that in people's faces. You don't know what it's like to have five kids. You don't know what it's like to have three businesses. It's like, it's, we have put suffering on a pedestal, right? It's almost like how we get love these days, right? It's almost how we get attention and it's not needed because really pain is there to guide you just like all emotions. And if you can learn like what you need to learn, it's your guide. It's going, Hey, I'm taking you here. This needs to be addressed. And if you stop and address it, then, and pivot and move away or learn the lesson and move on, you don't need to suffer anymore. And, but unfortunately, again, we're taught that it's so noble to suffer and we're convinced that we're bad and we're not good enough. And so we need to be punished. And this whole law of punishment comes in and suffering and punishment look very similar, if not the same. And so, you know, I, I've done it too. I do it all the time where I'm like, oh, I need to stick it out with this relationship and suffer through it because I need to learn the lesson. Well, I can just learn the lesson whenever I decide to learn the freaking lesson. I don't need to suffer. You know, I don't need to endure it to become stronger. I don't. Humans don't work like that. Like the, the, our bodies really don't. You look at any mammals or any other species out there, if they're in pain, they do something or they die. They yep. kill themselves. Yep. They will kill. Yep. They will even so, kill each other to stop the suffering. And we are the only species that praises it. Oh, you broke your leg and you're in pain for 18 years. Oh, we're sorry about that. Like, oh, you've been in an abusive relationship for 39 years. Good for you for sticking out marriage. Like what? You know, and species here, you see a species like a, you know, a, a bird and another bird suffering on the ground, it will go attack it and kill it. Cause it's like, there is no meaning for suffering. And yet here we are. So 
it's, it's, it's something that's been culturally ingrained in us and programmed in us. And, you know, and also I think we're bored. I do. I think we're so bored. I think we're just like, I honestly thought I've been working through something for the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, I am really taking my, like a sweet long time to work through this. And I'm like, I know because I'm bored, <laughs> because I'm bored, because I am like, yeah, but if I actually move on, then I got to take ownership and actually do more things. And I just want to take a break. So I'm just going to suffer for a little longer. And that's the other thing is suffering gives us permission to sit on the bench, right? We, it's not socially acceptable to be like, Hey, Harrison, um, like I'm having a midlife crisis and it may be over the, some, the smallest thing, but I'm just going to sit out for the next two weeks. Like, you know, it's instead, it's like, we just, we have to draw it out. We have to bring drama. We have to bring pain, physical pain. I have a headache. I have a migraine. It's moving through my body. Like we make it so dramatic, but that's part of the human experience too. So as much as I mock it, I very much have been a part of it and I do it, but yeah, suffering, suffering is not needed. And that's why I got out of a lot of those pain management rooms because pain management, my mind is just suffering. Why would you want to manage pain? Manage. Manage pain? Yeah. Oh, is that where we're at? Like, we are that hopeless. We just need to manage it. We need to. It also, (laughs) sorry to interrupt you here, Shreem, but it also, you know, it it comes from the perspective of of pain being something bad. Right. Right. And what have we been talking about this whole this whole conversation, right? We've been talking about how the pain can teach us, gives us, gives us expansion, gives us healing, gives us growth. I, I want to go back to a couple of things you said, Shireen, and I want to point out for people, and I, I like I am an example of this. I was feeling a couple of, of elements this self as Shireen was talking. I was being triggered by some of the things Ooh. she was saying. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, at, at this goes for the whole conversation, but particularly this part, if you have been triggered this whole time, then this goes back to the pain being a gift. See the trigger as a gift as well, right? Because the trigger is a gift through the pain to get to your healing, right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but I kind of like the suffering and it's causing you to react to Shireen's words, look at that, right? Another another sort of definition here I give from one of my mentors, again, Paul Check, you know, he talks about an addiction, right? But he gives a definition of addiction being anything we do repetitively repetitively that does not give us the outcome we desire right and that we could relate heavily to this idea of of suffering it's also right why do we suffer well again comes back to the archetypes right so we we talked about we we didn't get a chance to hit on this today in a child but we talked about the imago dei our relationship with god but there are other archetypes right we have the the martyr right we have the victim Mm -hmm. Right. And these are archetypes that can ignite our consciousness to stay in this suffering mindset. Right. But just like you made a choice in most cases with this unconsciously to be in this archetype of of victimhood, of martyrism through the suffering, you can make the choice now consciously to step out of it. Right. So lean into these triggers that are coming up. Right. See the archetype that's being activated and step into your healing growth. Right. So thank you. Sure. What triggered take- you though? I wonder what, what was it that you said you were triggered when I, what was I saying? I think it, I think it was connected to the, I think it was connected to the, Oh, the, um, 
seeing it as when we don't have a dream, right? When we don't have a dream or a goal, we sit, we use the suffering as a sustenance for that, yeah. right? And this is something I teach for other people, but I teach it because it's something that I experience often. I felt it yesterday, just to be very transparent here. I felt it yesterday and I often see this within my business, right? I'm like, you know, something's not happening, something's not moving. And I then sit in the nothingness and like, oh, let's just, and I see my throat chakra is <laughs> igniting. Let's just, let, I'm just going to be in this right now. And, you know, I'm going to be in the suffering of the nothingness and maybe I deserve this and maybe that's why things aren't shifting. And I feel it. Mm. I feel it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what. That's and what there's nothing, here's the thing, nothing wrong with it. Cause I'll own it. I'll like, <laughs> I, I have been in the victim mindset for the last week and I have been pouting and I have been sloth like, and I totally own it. I see it. I own it. And there's something I am learning through it, but I'm delaying it. <laughs> I'm like, Shereen, come on. Like you could have just learned it like a couple hours ago. Like, but you know, I am also, I have choice. I have free will and it serves me suffering on some level right now is serving me. And that works for me too. We need to move away from like, you know, that the choices we make are bad, you know, like no, this, everything happens for my greatest and highest good. And even in my suffering, it's benefiting me. The point is, I don't want to mm -hmm. stay in that because nothing prosperous comes out of suffering. Yeah. Cause you are meant to, to learn the pain is to learn the lesson. And you know, I, yeah, I could go on. I, I could yeah, go deeper no, into it because I get, it's beautiful. You can become the identity of suffering. You can just take on that identity of speaking of thought. Yeah. Forms. <laughs> You know, that I could, I could, here's the thing is uh, after my father passed away, many people wanted me to speak on grief because I had such a beautiful experience with his death. And I have, I've had people, um, I've had the opportunity to speak at summits and, and speak on death and grief counseling and all that stuff. However, I don't want people are like, oh, you should do this like full time. And I said, no, because every that there's this experience of pain and suffering. Every time I relive that story what's the point of me staying in that the whole it's not for me to like oh well you could help people yeah and I can help people here and there where I need to help people but it's not serving me to relive my father's death every day being a grief counselor mm. or being you know yeah. a, a a death what, what's it called a death death doula, death doula. there you go death doula yeah. because it's like I don't want to live in that I don't want that would be suffering every single day and I believe that I don't need to suffer to help other people I believe I can experience suffering and then I can move on from it. Yeah. And it's a fine line here. And I want to, I want to wrap this up shrink. Cause I want to be mindful of our energy, but like we could talk for hours. <laughs> the, this is a fine line with what you just said with this idea of often our story that we've lived is the thing that brings people into our lives for us to heal. Right. But we need to be very mindful of defining our current selves with that story. Yeah. Right. We need to be very mindful, right? We need to put up the, we need to, we need to put up the bat signal. That is that story that helps us be relatable to people that we can help. Right. So we know who our, if you want to call it a niche or a target is right. But then we also within it, we need to be make sure that, well, yes, that happened to me. That is a, that is a valuable piece that I can use to help other people, but it is also not what defines me now in this moment. Right. Those are the lessons I have learned that have helped me become who I am now. 
but I'm always constantly learning lessons. I'm always constantly moving through pain and deciding whether to sit in the suffering or expand into further, you know, love, growth, healing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So with that, Shireen, I want to, I have one more question for you, but I want to firstly give you the space and time here today. I, you know, one of my intentions for creating this podcast is not only for me to grow and to have conversations with people like you, but it's also to, to shine this idea of the cosmic love antenna out into the world and help people realize that this is not just a Harrison thing or a Shireen thing. This is an everyone thing. And you are doing that through your practice, right? You are doing that through the things that you're doing in the world. So I'd love to hear, is there anything you want to share with people listening right now that you're doing in the world, right? Whether it's a workshop, whether it's your one-on-one coaching, what comes up with you when I ask that? Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. So I, I do do this for a living. I do, um, inner child work. I do hypnotherapy. I'm a board certified hypnotherapist. Um, so I, I go into ancestral healing, I go into past lives. Um, and I, I, I do spiritual mentorship. I do soul contracts. Um, I, I go into transformation sessions and helping working with people three to five weeks to seven weeks to three months and helping people really figure out what are those blockages that's in the way. I love using language to remove that from our mind. I love working with the mind. I believe the mind is the greatest tool we have here. I know the soul is very, is great. The body's great, but the mind is very powerful, very, very powerful. So um, I like helping people train the mind and make the connection between their mind and their body and their soul because we are so disconnected. Um, So that's what I, I do right now. I got some great I always have some specials on. We got a workshop going on in the works, um, you know, forgiveness and and ownership and all that fun stuff. So that's, yeah, that's what I do now is I, I really, I love removing the emotional and mental energetic blocks because, and ideally I have a lot of people that have done it all. They're like, I've, I've done it all. I've seen the top specialist or I've, you know, I've gone to five coaches and I've done this and it's like, well, there's a part we're missing and it's my job to help figure out what that part is missing. And usually it's energetic or spiritual or mental or emotional, you know, or maybe it's physical, but usually it's, you know, I find it is more spiritual and energetic that people are missing. And so filling in the gaps for people so they can step in their true healing and power and, and live their authentic life. Right. So they can evolve. Love it, Shireen. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll get a um, I'll get a bio and all your details and all your social, and we'll put it in the show notes, and people can look and click on the link and go tap into your beautiful power. I, uh, Shireen, I have one more question here as we wrap it up, and the question is connected to my the Cosmic Love Antenna, which is the name of this podcast, the transformation that I offer, and the thing that I move through as a, the being that I am. The foundation of it is love. So my question for you here today is how does Shireen Wilson, how do you define love? Oh, don't make me. <laughs> Harrison, it's one of my soul contracts. Okay. I don't know. Um, what comes up? What comes up? To, even with the triggers with that, what comes you up? You know, I really, it's one of those things I do not understand. Um, 
we've talked about this. I had a DMT experience and that was the first time in my life I felt love uh, in a very purest. I'm not saying my parents didn't love me or I haven't been in love, but the purest form of unconditional, we're talking the safe womb, sacral <laughs> held love of the planet. That was my first experience. And that was like five, six years ago. So I'm new to this whole love thing. Um, I, change is my word. Your love is your word. You know, uh, I, I don't quite understand it. I really don't. I know it comes from a place of good intentions. I think love is more neutral than we think it is. We have painted it with hearts and rainbows and, you know, all this stuff, but love I'm learning is many different things. Love is boundaries. Love is respect. Love is holding space. Love is saying no. Love is walking away. Love is so many things. And, and it's, it's not what we think it is. And so I am, I, that, that's the journey I am on is figuring out what love is. It's beautiful. Shereen, has anyone ever asked you that question before? Uh, yeah. One of my counselors, like five years ago was like, what is love? And immediately I'm like, love means control. And they were like, okay, so love is manipulation right away. Like I, I literally was like, love means control. And it was like, okay, well we have some work to do. And then I went on my DMT, DMT trip and I'm like, oh, oh, love is surrender. Like, and that kind of unraveled the love is control thing. Um, so. And welcome, welcome to one of the main intentions of this podcast. Shireen, I love you very much. Thank you for spending time with me today. Um, I'm already looking forward to our next chat that we do on here. This met all of my expectations and more. Uh, Beautiful souls, thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna, both myself and Shireen. We love you unconditionally. This has been a beautiful chat, a beautiful time. I'm wishing you all a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'll catch you next time. My name is Harrison here with the beautiful Shireen. And route. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M E A G H E R. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.